0: having been through this kind of stuff before we have bags in the car and uh uh, she threw up in the bag and then we got to the urgent care and walked in and i said she needs to see a doctor and they were like well there's a two-hour wait to see a doctor like fucking two hours there's like four people in the waiting room Mm. so i was like um okay so they went in the back and they talked to i guess somebody and they were like we'll go to the Go to the emergency room because we don't have anybody here to do a CT scan or whatever. So walking out to the car, Elisa goes, I feel better. And I said, no, what do you mean you feel better? She goes, since I threw up, the pain in my stomach's gone. Oh. Okay. So then we hmm. sat in the car for for a little while and she was like, actually, I'm, I'm kind of hungry. I'd like to go eat. Dance, monkey, dance. Welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Um, I'm okay. Is it hot enough for you down in Florida?
1: Oh, it's <laughs> it's disgusting. Thank God I have a pool. So the
0: southeast is, is having quite the heat wave right now. Yes, they are. I guess in some parts of the country it's snowing. In other parts it's hotter than hell.
1: Hmm, global warming?
0: Yeah. Climate change, not global warming. Yeah
1: whatever um it's not our fault
0: it was 104 here in south carolina yesterday i'm Uh sure it was probably pretty close to that where you are yeah uh i don't remember ever it ever being like this Mm. like like i've 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 experienced over 100 temperatures but like if you look at the forecast it's not going away for like a week right like this shit is here to stay and it's fucked up. It sucks. Yeah, lucky you have a pool. Yeah. Just like, like waist deep in the water, like turned around doing work on your computer and stuff.
1: Yeah. Thank God for Wi-Fi.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I live in a development where there are community pools. So you have to go hang out with like the riffraff oh nice and you know anybody who wants to pay the 25 bucks for the key fob to get in the front door and uh yeah it's it's quite the assembly of humanity i can imagine it's kind of all over the place and and yeah the the pool that's only a block from the house is um the real like kid friendly pool it's got like a i don't i don't even know what they call it it there's a there's a walk in section that kind of looks like a beach, but it's all okay. Yeah, like yeah. Concrete, so it's for like, like a zero edge. Yeah, yeah. So it's for like little kids to, to go into, and then yeah. it goes down to yeah. like the deep end. Um, oh, that's nice. So all the little kids are at our pool, but is that
1: where the crack dealers hang out? Um,
0: uh, probably. <laughs> but it's pretty funny because they they changed the rules supposedly um, for the pool and everybody had to go sign a new like waiver of of who was going to use the pool pass and how old they were and all this other shit. And yeah. they made it sound like you just walked in and you signed your name on a thing. It was like a 15-page packet.
1: Oh Jesus. With all the
0: rules on it and you had to initial every part of the rule thing. Of course. So being that it's it's I don't know if this was the opening weekend or last weekend was opening weekend for the pool, but it's um, being as hot as it is, and everybody wanting to go to the pool, they they have a. It's not a lifeguard. I guess it's a pool attendant who sits there and makes sure that your key fob, um, is up to date with the sign stuff. So they're just turning people away, and people oh, are really? pissed. Oh yeah, yeah. I watched a bunch of people get turned away, and it was like, holy shit. Okay.
1: They mean business.
0: Uh, I guess so so it's been interesting weekend here so wow yes hopefully not everybody is having to put up with this fucking weather but you know yep according to my little weather thing it's going to be 100 every day until Friday and then it's going to drop to 95 nice yeah That's the kind of weather, like, the lows are, like, 80.
1: God, well, that's what this is. Yeah, Yeah, it's, like, 80 at 3 in the morning. It's, like, holy shit.
0: (laughs) You come out of your house sweating.
1: Yes, you do. Yes, that's nice. No, it's
0: not. (laughs) It's disgusting. (laughs) Yeah, well. So, I, uh, this weekend, I watched... Well, I guess it was during the week. Something that we had talked about last week. Yes. Which was the live airing of the All in the uh-huh. Family thing. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about it.
1: Really? You didn't enjoy what it was for what it was?
0: Did no. Did you
1: overanalyze it? You I, didn't enjoy it.
0: I did not enjoy it. Um, really? I okay. think I what I think is because it wasn't like they took a script from the seventies and kind of updated it for modern times, but they didn't, they, it
1: was word for word.
0: They rebuilt the set the exact same way. Well, yeah, they, they dressed the characters the exact same way. And what I really kind of felt was I was just watching pale imitations of better actors okay um I didn't think so when I when when you're a kid and you don't know any better and you see these people on TV if they're good actors you just assume that's who they are so for the longest time I thought Carol O'Connor actually talked like that like like the Archie Bunker accent was just how he sounded Uh i thought that gene stapleton sounded like um edith Edith. marissa tomei and and woody harrelson doing imitations of them just i didn't feel like it was good okay and watching a script that is so far out of date and to like modern times is a little cringy
1: but is it out of date I mean, it was it was all about that that George Jefferson didn't want white people in his house, right. so they had this party at Archie's place, right? And Archie didn't want the black people in his house, and isn't that how we are right now?
0: I mean, well, yeah, I think it, but I feel it like it totally
1: as, reflects what we're going through. Uh,
0: okay, maybe it's just my point of view as an as an individual that's different. Then like the mindset of the 1970s. Uh, I just felt like a lot of it was felt cringy to me. Okay. Um,
1: so it, it would have been really cringy if they didn't bleep out that word in the Jefferson's episode. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But on the original airing, they were able to say that word right. on network TV, nine o'clock at night.
0: Because it was a different time. Yes. I mean, it truly was.
1: We didn't have all these social media crusaders,
0: (laughs) social justice warriors. Yes. Uh, Yeah i I only watched the beginning part of the Jeffersons. Um, Oh, you didn't watch the whole thing. I didn't watch the whole thing. Oh. I watched most of. When I realized it was on, I turned on the the All in the Family episode, uh huh, and watched it because I really kind of wanted them to remake the intros instead of what's her name just singing it
1: well Vanessa the intro Hutchins. to the two all in the family was the same
0: right but but i wanted like i wanted them to incorporate the shots of the the houses and like really redo the beginning oh, so
1: it was okay
0: so you get jamie fox in a car to pull up in front of a house in front of the the apartment building and they go in like i wanted them to recreate everything um which they didn't but um i don't know and and so
1: so on one hand you wanted it to be the same but on the other hand you are upset that they tried to be the same kind
0: of yeah okay. i know i'm all over the place i'm not trying to hide <laughs> the fact that flip flop yeah flip-flop. that i flip flop and shit like that but it, maybe i think i think my biggest gripe about it is the acting the what I felt was like them trying to imitate people. Sure. And it not coming off really well. I don't think Marissa Tomei's Edith was anything close to Gene Stapleton.
1: Oh, I thought she was hilarious. Really? Oh, I thought she was hilarious. Yes.
0: What what did you think of Woody Harrelson?
1: Uh, He was okay. See, like we talked last week, I didn't know what to expect. Right. I didn't expect them to be doing impressions of those actors. So I, I don't know where this goes from here. I mean, they've, they ran it three times last week, so obviously they're getting their money's worth out of it.
0: Hmm, okay, I, I,
1: I could see this being a novelty where they, they take other scripts and perform them live with a new cast in the same way.
0: Yeah. I can kind of see that.
1: So, you know, you have Oct- Octavia Spencer doing, um, good times as a Florida,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. And that's the you perfect know. like summertime, yeah, show. Yeah,
1: it's it's fluff. You don't have to think about it. You don't need any history of it. You just do it.
0: Yeah. So when they replayed it, did they fix Jamie Foxx's flub? No. No. Okay.
1: No, still there. I was a little pissed off that he called attention to it. Uh, yeah, he. That's so unprofessional, but so typical of.
0: Black people. Is that what you're gonna say?
1: Of him. <laughs> Or of actors today who have to make it all about them.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was very, very much like, "Ooh, look at me! I messed up, and I'm going to yeah, make everybody definitely. laugh." And
1: and then Wanda Sykes did on the Jeffersons part of it, and she just kept going. Oh. Nobody okay. stopped. Nobody acknowledged it. Yeah. So, I thought that was a little cheesy, but, I mean, how many actors have we worked with who? <laughs> We'll do that, you know, we'll we'll screw up something and then get a laugh out of it. Right. So.
0: It was also an interesting um, decision to put the wig on Jamie Foxx. Yeah. And not do something with Woody Harrelson.
1: Well, bald is bald.
0: Yeah, but Carol O'Connor had that, like longer straight combed back hair thing in the 70s.
1: Oh, yeah, I guess so.
0: So, so, so it's just one of those odd things. I don't know if that's a, if that's a um, Woody Harrelson thing where he's like, look, I'll do this but you're not putting a wig on me. Uh, I don't know. Or whether or not they, maybe they tried it and it just didn't look good, but like.
1: That could have been it.
0: it. It's a, it was a strange thing to do one and not the other. I guess what I'm
1: well i mean they didn't make ellie Kemper blonde
0: no no but they gave the other dude the weird handlebar mustache thing
1: the the handlebar mustache and the hair yeah yes um i did not like wanda sykes as louise i just felt like it was wanda sykes as wanda sykes
0: well yeah i mean but she that's a hard that's a difficult one to get past of like some people just George, in, in, inhabit their selves so much that you can't really see anything else.
1: Mother Jefferson, Elton. <laughs> I did not like Will Ferrell. I thought he was horrible. I didn't know what the fuck he was trying to play because he was Mister uh, Mister Willis. Right. Okay. Opposite um, the woman from Scandal, Kerry Washington.
0: Right. 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 Okay.
1: Um. And they had Stephen Tobolowsky as Mr. Um, Bentley. Right. But he didn't do an accent. And yet they still made a comment about him being British. (laughs) (laughs) And I was thinking, it's like, you know, I think that that Stephen Merchant would have been perfect in that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: Um, And then so you didn't see the big surprise at the end of the Jeffersons.
0: No, I did not see the big surprise. What was the big surprise?
1: So they're waiting for the maid to come for her interview. And um, the door opens uh-huh. and it's Marla Gibbs. Okay. And my first thought was like, oh, it's going to be like a false, you know, a, a false start. She's going to say, oh, wrong apartment or something silly like that. She then proceeded to do the entire scene. And she was great.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: At 88 years old.
0: Oh, wow. she was okay. amazing.
1: Um, there was another woman who was advertised as playing the role. So I haven't really heard if that was just a ploy or if they weren't sure that Marla would be up to it. Hmm. Um, but I, it was a really sweet touch okay. and she played the role right on key. Okay. And she's got the best line at the end, at the end of the episode. So she just got hired by the Jeffersons to be the the maid. And she goes to, and Willis's are there. And she goes, Mrs. Willis, now let me understand this. You've got an apartment in this building? Well, yes. And then she goes to Louise, and you've got an apartment in this building? Yes. She goes, well, how come we overcame and nobody told me? (laughs) (laughs) And scene. (laughs) (laughs) And her delivery was just perfect. for what it was as a novelty, I thought it was fine. Okay. I don't see this going any further than being a one joke kind of show. You know, who are they going to get to play B Arthur? Right. Or, or are they going to do golden girls and get a bunch of, you know, straight men or something? I don't know, (laughs) but I mean, I think it's ripe for this type of show to come out in the summer and do six or eight episodes and then go away. Right. So I enjoyed it. Okay. I thought it, I thought for what it was, it was just fine.
0: Okay. I, I, I was, I, one of the, one of the shows that was always on when I was a kid was all in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, it was always in
1: that like three to seven o'clock block of sitcoms.
0: Yeah. All in the family mash. Yep. There's a couple others in there that we're always on. And maybe maybe mis- nostalgia is just too great in this circumstance to really, like, have this shine in the way that it, it possibly could if, if somebody had never seen All in the Family before.
1: But what if it was a, a remake of Perfect Strangers? I mean, are there shows... <sighs> Beyond the '70s that are actually worth revisiting.
0: Well, they've already tried one day at a time.
1: They did, and it did really well, except it didn't bring in the numbers they wanted. Right. Um.
0: So they've they've already done '704 Hauser, which is.
1: Well, yeah, but that doesn't count.
0: Okay. I mean, I'm
1: talking I'm talking the '90210's era of television. Okay. Which is, you know... Which they're about to
0: redo anyway.
1: Right. Well, because nostalgia. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, people want to see Tori Spelling, apparently.
0: And and, Tori (laughs) Spelling needs a paycheck. Well, that too. They should bring back Sanford and Son.
1: See, I would love to see Sanford and Son with David Allen Greer.
0: Yeah. Okay, I can see that.
1: I'd like to see home improvement with somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I don't know who
0: I think at this point, though, you then it just feels like you're redoing it to because you have no better options. Like, well, that's part of redoing Roseanne and Will and Grace. And now they're going to redo 90210.
1: But it's going to be a reality show about making the reboot.
0: Oh, is that what you want? You want to? You want to? No, show? that's what it is. Oh, okay. that's
1: what Nine Hundred Two One Zero reboot is. It's a reality show of these actors coming back together to relive their their golden days. Seriously? Yes. Okay, you don't believe me. I <laughs> hear the clicking. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: it, it, that's just not the way it came off in the commercial or the trailer, or whatever the fuck you want to call it that I saw. It seemed like like these people it was just another day that they were getting up and they're living their lives without um what's his name in it? Luke Perry.
1: Yes. But it's it's What was actually... his name? Dylan? Was he Dylan? No, he was the other one. Yeah, he was Dylan. No, I thought Dylan was one of the twins.
0: No, Brandon.
1: Oh, Brandon was okay. Jason
0: Priestley was Brandon. And Brenda? Where's
1: What was Shannon Doherty's character?
0: Why is she not on the main cast list? Um, Hang on. Uh, okay, did they just take her off of the... <laughs>
1: did she get fired? We didn't know yet.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute. Jenny Garth, Ian Ziering, Brian Austin Green, Tori Spelling, Jason Priestley, Joe E. Tata, Luke Perry, Gabriel... Uh, Gabrielle... Kateris Kateris Carol Potter, James.
1: Oh, Carol Potter. Oh, there is. she
0: is. There she is. Okay. Uh, she's just way down on the list.
1: Does it say her character name? Uh, Brenda.
0: Brenda. Brandon Brenda, Brenda, Brenda. Brenda. Yeah. Oh, she... So, so, she only did 111 episodes as to where Jenny Garth and them did 292.
1: Oh, yeah, because she did get fired. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: So... Um, so it's a, it's a, I didn't, I didn't realize it was an actual, like, um, reality show.
1: Yeah. It's not an actual drama. It's, well, it's going to have drama, but.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. The, The, the Internet Movie Database, um, page for it just says a reboot of the popular 90s TV series Beverly Hills 90210. Uh, And it's called BH 90210.
1: Oh, of course.
0: Well, because didn't they already remake Beverly Hills 90210? Uh, With like another set of kids or something?
1: I don't remember. I never watched the original. Because they
0: did Melrose Place. I'm pretty sure.
1: Which had nothing to do with 90210 other than it happened in California.
0: Right. But it was on that around that same time.
1: Yeah, no, it was the same production team.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, if I just do 90210, 90210. Yeah, in 2008, they remade. A Kansas family relocates to Beverly Hills where their two children adapt. To the infamous social drama of West Beverly Hills High. Oh, okay. And that well, had exciting. five seasons. Really? Yeah.
1: I guess there was something better on for me to watch.
0: Annie and Dixon Wilson are the two mm. main characters in that.
1: Of course, Dixon sounds <laughs> like such a such a Kansas type of name, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Dixon, wow. course. <laughs> blade there
0: you go he, Dixon well. was paid, played by Tristan Mac Wilds whoever the fuck oh, that is
1: love his work love his work
0: uh, I don't recognize anything he's been in uh. so, oh he was in The Wire apparently I never watched The Wire mm. but okay sure
1: isn't that the show our friend Dave was in played a busboy the wire was it the wire i don't know it Was something like that
0: uh, i don't recall that it's one of All those right. tidbits i've forgotten never mind okay so so uh here's a headline from tv series finale.com if you can trust them How is BH90210 going to deal with 90210? According to The Hollywood Life, the upcoming Fox Reunion TV show will ignore the canceled CW reboot. Well, perfect. Uh, This this series will see the original cast reunite when one of them suggests it's time to get a Beverly Hills 901 reboot up and running. A reboot of the original series 90210 ran on the CW from 2008 to 2013. Okay. So they're playing themselves. It almost sounds like they're playing themselves trying to get it kind of like, did you ever see the nightmare on Elm street where they were making a nightmare on Elm street movie? Yes. It kind of sounds like that. Yes. Okay.
1: And there have been multiple cases of that on the TV show supernatural where (laughs) they end up at a supernatural convention. Right. And you know, there are people dressed as them (laughs) So uh yeah, amusing.
0: Yeah. So I guess one of us liked that thing and one of us didn't. You know, it is what it is.
1: It is what it is.
0: Yeah.
1: Now the other thing I watched that mm-hmm. I was looking forward to is called Blood and Treasure. Okay. Um it's um It's Indiana Jones meets, uh, the Da Vinci code. There's this pair of leads. The guy is a, um, like a art expert. Okay. And he goes around trying to get like stolen art from museums returned to their original owners and stuff. And then the female lead is an art thief who... The other guy busted years earlier when she, when he was in the FBI, and then um, ends up helping her beat the beat the uh, the charge, and they end up having a relationship. Ah, oh, there you go. So there's that you know, oh, will they, won't they, kind of thing going on. <laughs> um, it was very, it was a very interesting premise. Okay. It was a two hour pilot episode. So it'll be, you know, split into two episodes for syndication.
0: If it gets that far.
1: If it gets that far, because early word is it's not. (laughs) Um, But in this one, they have found the tomb of Cleopatra and Mark Antony that had previously been discovered by the Nazis, and somebody has stolen the sarcophagus of Cleopatra, and they go to this underworld um, art place, auction type thing where they're trying to find it. And um, yeah, I, it was okay. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. If it's a summer thing, it's okay, but they're going to have to do better writing.
0: I'm looking at a promo picture um, where the chick is dressed up like Laura Croft. Yeah. White that, tank I top don't and, remember
1: that happening in the show and
0: kinky and khaki pants. And then he looks yeah. like, Like, he's trying to do an Indiana Jones impersonation. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that never happened in the episode. (laughs) And they're throwing in all these, not wacky characters, but these offbeat characters where um, one of them is now a successful, like, underground arms dealer kind of thing. But he was really in Iraq, and he took the identity of a guy who died, and he found, and (laughs) so he's, you know, he's got this thick British accent when you first meet him, and then they kind of call him on it, and he drops
0: it. Jesus.
1: Um, Yeah, John Larroquette is in it. John Larroquette is this um, incredibly rich person who's (laughs) financing the whole... Uh search for Cleopatra's sarcophagus.
0: John Larroquette Jesus.
1: Yes. Yes. Very much wasted in this.
0: Yeah.
1: Very much wasted in this.
0: Oh, James Callis is in it. Who? He played Baltar on the reimagined Battlestar Galactica.
1: Instead of Black Guy?
0: No. Oh. He plays Simon Hardwick in the show?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got long hair.
0: Yeah yep
1: yeah he's another one of the underground dealer kind of people.
0: <laughs> he's actually a decent actor. I'm surprised he wound up in that.
1: Well, I mean it it's got a good premise, but they're just gonna have to you know step it up. They're obviously not sparing any expense because they're filming all over Europe. Oh, okay. um and New York. Wow. so it's going to be interesting to see how far it goes.
0: Oh, it's on TV. Because
1: neither, neither of the leads is very likable. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, that's so bad that you know she doesn't forgive him because he said he'd protect her father and he died and blames her, blames him, and you don't think that oh, she's just you know missing her dad. It's like no, they're both kind of dicks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and let me guess, they have no on on-sc- screen chemistry together.
1: I didn't feel it.
0: Yeah, that's usually the way.
1: Yeah, I didn't feel it. I wanted to. Yeah. I'll watch it again because there's nothing on. (laughs) Um,
0: But, yeah. Okay. Well,
1: So I can't say it's, it's something you should watch, but
0: maybe. Well, if it gets any better, you let me know. I will. I'll look it up.
1: And then you can, you know, steal it somewhere.
0: Yeah. Um, did
1: you see the...
0: Yeah, go ahead. Who are you talking to? You, go ahead. Are you on the phone? No. What? <laughs> I interrupted you. I'm just telling you to go ahead and tell me what you're going to say.
1: Oh, okay. Well, thanks. <laughs> Back to me. Um, <laughs> did you happen to see the vanity Fair photos from... Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker.
0: I only looked at a couple of them. Okay. Um,
1: you, sh- you should look at them all. They're very interesting. Okay. Um, they reveal two new characters.
0: See, that's what I'm trying to avoid.
1: Why? They're not telling you anything about them.
0: I yeah, but I don't know. I the the experience of Endgame for me, where I was able to, I watched. Two trailers and then that was it. I didn't look at any magazine articles, I didn't look at anything online, and I went in as as unsuspecting as I could, I had a really good time in that movie. Okay. So I'm kinda wanna do that with Star Wars too. But go ahead, continue your story.
1: Okay. Um so there's a new character played by Richard E. Grant, who is um allegiant general pride. Okay who's the, there's a picture of him and general Hawks on a star destroyer. Um, there's Carrie Russell, which I think is an interesting pull, uh, as a new bounty hunter.
0: Well, that goes back to JJ Abrams. That's uh, a, yeah. th- because he worked with her on Felicity.
1: Right. That's exactly why. Um, in the picture, you don't see her face. She's in like a blue jumpsuit and she's got a helmet that, almost looks like slave one <laughs> a little weird. Okay. There's a great shot of the new crew of the millennium Falcon with Lando Carizian right there in the front.
0: That was one of the pictures that I saw.
1: <clears throat> okay. There's a photo of Luke.
0: I saw that one as well. And that's where I okay. stopped. Cause I was like, you know, he's coming back, but you know, I just, I felt like, all right, that's, I don't know. Okay.
1: Um, you see the Knights of Wren, mm-hmm. which have kind of been alluded to.
0: Well, do you so think that's
1: kind of interesting?
0: Now that you've seen these photos and you've heard JJ J. Abrams talk about what he had to step into, do you think that this is just a big fuck you to Ryan Johnson? Uh... Do you think that JJ that J. had set up all this stuff and Ryan Johnson didn't use any of it? So JJ J. was like you know what? We're in doing everything that you fucking did too, pal.
1: Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Um, there's a picture of, uh, John Boyega as Finn riding this creature. <laughs> um, is Rose so yeah, with him? Rose
0: is not with him. Oh, uh, oh,
1: maybe the fans have spoken. Uh,
0: you know, it's it's an interesting time to to be a fan of shit like this. Um, there, so when Disney put out their uh, release schedule, mm-hmm. um, there are three new Star Wars films on the release schedule, and okay. supposedly two different. Trilogies that are being worked on. Correct. So there's the Ryan Johnson led one, and then there's the writers of the Game of Thrones that are doing one. And yes. um, Disney had come out, actually, it was Lucasfilm that came out and said that they were not working on the same trilogy. That's okay. like when. So I guess somebody had asked Kathleen Kennedy um, a while ago, Oh, are you having. Weiss and Benioff write it and um and Johnson direct it. And mm-hmm. she said no, they're wor- they're working on separate projects. So the question now becomes whose project is that? Have the Star Wars fans forced Lucasfilm to drop the Ryan Johnson one? Because now uh, all the Game of Thrones fans are bitching about they don't want the Game of Thrones people to be writing Star Wars. Right. So it's interesting that they haven't exactly said whose trilogy that is. Because I can't see them interleaving two different trilogies, especially in the light of the fallout of trilogy and standalone movies. Right. I almost feel like they've made their choice. And at some point we're going to find out who was dropped. Well, of course we will. I'm personally hoping it's Ryan Johnson, because okay. I don't think out of out of all the stuff that I've read from him and about him, and the way that he kind of shits on the fandom, mm. I don't really think that he should be in charge of a franchise as beloved as Star Wars moving forward. Okay, I kind of hope that. That um, maybe through conversations with J.J. J. Abrams and the things that he's having to do to complete this story mm-hmm. that maybe Kathleen Kennedy has looked at Ryan Johnson's stuff and said, yeah, we're just going to go with some we're going to go in a different direction.
1: I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean, obviously, they decided to kind of retool their thought, their plans after Solo kind of flopped. Yeah so which was a direct
0: correlation to Ryan Johnson's movie Mm -hmm. so mm, you know I don't know I don't know it's it's gonna be interesting to see where they go because I also don't see them doing it like that schedule is like 10 years out for yeah for whatever this is so I can't see them waiting to do another trilogy after that and keeping these people on the hook that long either sure so who knows i mean personally i feel like it hasn't been the same star wars since george lucas left but
1: well of course not
0: i'm also a purist so you know
1: well that's great but at some point
0: <laughs> i know i know george is going to do him, but that also doesn't you mean can... that they really need to make them anymore either
1: yeah probably i could see that
0: I mean, Star Wars at its core is the Skywalker saga. Whether it be the prequels or the originals or these new ones, it's all been about the Skywalker line. And once that ends, and even the the intervening movies, Rogue One and Solo, sit within that within that story. So you know, I, it's kind of hard to see where they would go without like going back into the extended universe and being like, Oh, well maybe we'll do Knights of the old Republic or
1: which they're looking at, which,
0: which would be phenomenal if they get the right filmmakers to do it and maybe taking it out of the Skywalker saga and giving it to experienced filmmakers that can tell a story um, and tell a story within that world it might be really good but I don't know I guess we're gonna have to wait and find out
1: yeah it's a waiting game
0: yeah yep
1: are you going to see the new Aladdin
0: I don't know the kid wants to
1: I was gonna say you have a child you're gonna be forced
0: uh, I could hold out long enough for it to be on Redbox I feel <laughs> Um, I don't, I just don't see the point in remaking Aladdin. I Um, don't see a point in remaking any of them, to be quite honest.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, there's so many live action remakes of Disney movies coming out. I mean, there's three this year. Yeah. And they're, they're still working on Mulan and... Uh, Peter Pan,
0: and there's like a Maleficent sequel coming. Is out. Maleficent two? Yep. See, at least with the Maleficent movie, it wasn't a retelling of Cinderella. Or
1: well, I or would hope it would dream. be a retelling sleeping of Cinderella. That would I be can't screwed keep up. these
0: women straight. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a retelling of that. It was kind of leading up to that.
1: It was her side of the story. Yeah.
0: So I could, I could. I could appreciate that more than just like, Hey, we're going to redo these animated films. So I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a live action lady in the tramp. <laughs> it's like, Oh, okay.
0: Uh, so we're but, just around the corner from a live action toy story, right?
1: See, that's what I'm waiting for. That's what I'm waiting for. And you know, now that Lassiter's no longer in power,
0: <laughs> so so do you think um this is a direct result of Iger, or do you think that this is somebody trying to make a name for themselves in disney by saying Um, look at all the stuff that we can do if we do like live action remakes
1: i think it came out of a a executive meeting where they said we you know we need to come up with the money to pay for Star Wars land we need to come up with the money to pay for for Fox or what did we just buy we just buy Fox yeah yeah Yeah. Um, and they said well you know we could do we could do a live action Little Mermaid and he's (laughs) like that's genius (laughs) of course that could have been the same person back in the 80s said to Michael Eisner well we could do a sequel (laughs)
0: Yeah. I'm, but see, it's it's weird because back there, there was a time when Disney was very split with their, their animation projects where you got Aladdin, but then you got Aladdin two on Well, and that was home a direct to
1: video TV. Yeah. That was a sequel. So
0: that they could sell a shitload of videotapes. Of
1: DVDs. Yeah.
0: That's which exactly what it was. Which makes... A lot of sense because you're not putting as much time and effort into the production of it, but all the kids are, who love Aladdin are like, "Oh, I got to see Aladdin too."
1: Right, even though it doesn't have Robin Williams in it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, but it, he returns for Aladdin three. Does he? Yes.
0: Oh, I did not know that. Yes. Um But this just feels more like a cash grab of of. Um, well, you know all those animated classics. Well, nobody really likes animation anymore, at least not the two D drawn kind, so we're gonna do this. You're gonna love this.
1: Yeah. We're gonna that's do exactly a what it quote
0: unquote live action Lion King. It's all it's computer all animation. Digital. Right. Well, yeah, but it's it looks like it's real. huh. Okay. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. I just it's hard for me to wrap my head around Um, you would think that Disney would want to keep the classics the classics but
1: oh come on they're a bunch of prostitutes now (laughs) it's all that is to it it's all about making money
0: they just made two and a half billion dollars off of one film yeah so come on
1: that's not enough (laughs) Chris it's not enough
0: I guess not
1: nope
0: they make a billion dollars every time they release a Star Wars film
1: well, yeah, that too.
0: For the most part.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You make a billion dollars every time a Pixar movie comes out. They can take a break, this shit. You think? Yeah. Do more risky shit. Come up with something new.
1: It's dangerous. It's dangerous to your brand.
0: Uh, I guess, but like, well, I guess they don't have anything to worry about, but... Sometimes that's how brands die, by not taking risks. But I mean, I mean, entertainment at this point is Disney as a brand. So I guess, you know, they can do whatever the fuck they want.
1: Within reason. Yeah, I mean, they still have to be very careful about online backlash because that can destroy something. That can destroy a movie that can destroy, you know, anything.
0: Well, I mean, look at what it did for the Sonic movie. Yes. They pushed that back.
1: So they could remake it.
0: So that they could redo it, which yep. I think I said on here before, everybody needs to go see that movie now. Because I guarantee you they're going back to those animators and telling them to fix it and not paying them anymore. And they're basically going to be doing it for free.
1: Well, I don't know about that because somebody obviously approved what was there.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. But one of the things that has been known for a long time in the visual effects industry is that these, these companies bid jobs and they bid this, whoever's who's ever doing the sonic animation bid for that animation and a certain number of shots.
1: Sure. But if somebody in production approves the work, approves the models approves, you know, the 3d tests then you can't go back to them later and say, oh, but you screwed this up. But you said it was okay.
0: But they're... I don't... Well, it depends on whether how signed off they are, I guess. Right. Because if if they're going to hold the sign-offs to the very end and they've released a trailer, they can go back and make them redo it for nothing. So, fingers crossed that that doesn't happen because that's going to fuck a whole lot, lot of people over. Yeah. But... You know who knows that's that's one of the things that put rhythm and Hughes out of business the day after they won the Academy Award for life of pie was they were working on they were working on something where um, um that the that exact thing happened was they came back and and they were redoing shots and keeping the same timelines and not paying them for the extra work or whatever and it killed them mm. so I'm trying to see if on uh, here they have who's making it's doing the visual effects blur studio digital domain Never heard of industrial light and magic and the moving picture company so which one it's probably blur studio it's <laughs> Uh, you think that's
1: who they subbed everything out to?
0: They are... Well, it doesn't really say... It just says post-production. What's it say under ILM? Uh, ILM did work on the Big Bang Theory. They did? It's what their internet database... Internet movie database... Blah, 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 that thing says. Okay. Uh, Sonic is not listed on here for oh there it is okay it just is post production Um, but I think Blur does character animation if mm. I'm not mistaken because um, they're doing Terminator Dark Fate as well okay uh, they did work on Avatar, Deadpool, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. So it's probably them. So we'll see. Okay. If they're still around for Terminator. We'll see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we will have to see.
0: So I know you don't have the DC streaming service. I do not. but
1: And I no longer have HBO.
0: No, neither do I. Um, they aired the, the season finale of Doom Patrol uh-huh. this past week. And I, I again say that this is one of the best superhero shows that are on TV today. Okay. They, it is so far left field and they lean so far into it that it's unlike anything you've ever seen. So there is an episode... A couple episodes ago, they break out all these metahumans from um, this facility called the Ant Farm. Okay. That is responsible for doing testing on metahumans. And um, there's a scene where all the doors swing open and you see all these people come out. And um, somebody's watching on a bunch of monitors and the phone rings. And he picks it up and the, and the dude on the other end goes... Um, door 17 is open they've gotten out and the camera turns to to um, door 17 and it's a room full of asses with arms <laughs> and they are running down the hall on, on their hands and running at people and the butt cheeks are opening and like swallowing their face and I was like what the fuck am I watching this is unbelievable And, um, in this, this finale, um, if you've ever read any of the doom patrol comic books, which you probably haven't, there's a member of the doom patrol called Danny, the street who is a sentient gender queer street that has buildings on it that has, and it's, it's like a, it's like a way station for, um, lost and broken people. Okay, And it, tr- it, it can transport to different areas so that people can't find them. But Danny communicates through like um, um, window art and um, construction signs and things will pop up. Um, and there was the, in the finale, um, uh, they have they they rescued a guy called Flex Tallow who can make different things happen by flexing different muscles. So they're standing on Danny the street and they have all these people that are surrounding them and, and, um, negative man. And, um, I forget. Uh, they call her Elastigirl or whatever. And robot man are standing there and flex Metallo is trying to open a doorway to what's called the white to where the white. Yeah. To, um, <clears throat> Oh, what does he call it? Uh, The white space, which is where the bad guy is holding their friend. Okay. And he flexes the wrong muscle and makes everybody have an orgasm <laughs> in the street. So all of a sudden he's like, all right, stand back. Here we go. Just concentrate on the white space. And all of a sudden everybody's like, "Ah, oh, ah, oh, oh, oh. And like you don't you have no clue what's going on. And like robot man who is kind of the surrogate for the audience is looking around. He's like, what the fuck is going on? And Jane, um, crazy Jane looks at him and goes, we're all coming. And like, they have a, this gigantic group orgasm in the middle of the street. And then flex (laughs) Metello goes, Oh, I think I flexed the wrong muscle. And like, it's just weird shit like that, where it's like, you'd never see this on TV. It's so far out there. Um, but it's really well done okay it's it's amazing if it if it shows up on on a service to where like I don't know if it's ever going to show up on Netflix in America but if there's any if there's any way to seek it out and you like off-the-wall superhero stuff this is the show to watch I Mm. I love this show and I, I really hope there's a season two
1: okay something to check out yeah
0: so did did you cancel um, HBO? Did you see... Like the... right
1: after the episode. <laughs> right after. So
0: you didn't see the documentary that aired I last didn't night?
1: care about the documentary. I did not care.
0: So I watched it because yeah. I'm a sucker for behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. And all season long, they've been doing these 25 to 40-minute behind-the-scenes things every episode. Right. And this touched on none of that this was the telling of the making of the season from different people's point of view in the cast and crew. So they, they follow the office staff that's getting the scripts ready for the table read. And, um, they show you them reading through all the scripts, but then it changes to like the production guy who's responsible for the snow. At uh, Winterfell, and they okay. they go to the woman in the craft services truck, who's who's real popular with the cast, and they go to one of the the featured extras, and it was a really really interesting way to tell the story and see not just the forward facing people, um, the executive producers and um, the cast, but the people who actually make the show right and it was really interesting to see it from their point of view it was okay it, it's it's um they follow one of the directors um who i guess Clint, he says that game of thrones saved his life because he had done a bunch of episodes and then had a bunch of back problems and i guess had a bunch of surgeries and almost died or something and he he credits them with saving his life and what his directing style is like compared to like every other, everybody else. And they're bouncing back and forth between all the night shoots and them constructing uh King's landing in the parking lot. And it was this really well-crafted story of the making of the season without really interviewing the main people. Hmm. And one of the, one of the most interesting parts was, um, they flew to Spain to do the scene in the finale at the dragon pit. Uh Uh-huh. And when they flew to Spain, they took a bunch of people who were never going to be in that scene because they knew that the paparazzi would be out at the hotels filming who got in the cars. Ah, so they took people like the waif and, um, 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 the the faceless guy that teaches aria mm-hmm. um Jacken, i think that's his name and the, they took the night king and they took Jon snow and they took a bunch of these people that weren't in that part of the episode to set in costume so that if anybody is watching from a distance they think the night king is at that right meeting and just little things like that, where you get all these little tiny, like, holy shit. Like that's really going out of their way, Hmm. uh, to keep this shit quiet and safe. And, um, I guess there was a, an extra who's been there for, uh, six out of the eight years. Mm -hmm. And they were like, so they're talking to the, the costuming person. And they're like, you know who you should follow. There's this guy, um, he's got this great personality. You guys would love him. Um, And he's talking, he's talking to one of the other extras that's been there since like the beginning and how he was in awe when the first day he was on set and Kit Harrington came up to this other extra and was having a conversation with him. Like, you know, how was your break? How did, you know, like Kit Harrington is one of those guys on set who knows everybody around him and has conversations and makes everybody feel like they're a part of the show and that when Kit left he was kind of like beside himself like that's Jon Snow and he was a fan of the TV show and he was like this is awesome I got to be near him and then by the end of this documentary he's been in so many things in this season he was at uh, Winterfell and he's at King's Landing that on the last day uh, Kit Harrington came up to him and made sure that he knew like he was appreciated and shit like that like out of the blue like it was mm-hmm. it's something to see because you don't ever see that from from those people well so I mean, it was a really interesting look at the making of that um season from a different perspective so again you probably can't watch it now that you don't have HBO but that's right. If there's a way to watch it, I would. And you have any interest in that kind of stuff. I mean, there are mm-hmm. a lot of people that don't care. Um, but it's, it's nice to see the background crew get exposure.
1: Yeah, that is cool.
0: So. Anyway. So is there anything else that you're looking forward to watching this summer?
1: Uh, n- <laughs> well, I'm kind of looking forward to the premiere of Lip Sync Battle because um, Big Bird's going to be on it.
0: <laughs> oh, you're kidding. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that cheating?
1: Uh, Why?
0: He's lip syncing anyway.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> Imagine how hard it is to lip sync with your hands.
0: But that's what I'm saying. He's used to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, there's nothing coming out that I'm all that interested in.
0: Yeah, I think the only thing that I'm gonna watch this summer is on TV is um, the Penn and Teller thing. But yeah, besides, I mean, I watch that anyway. So uh, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing else I'm going to end up using a lot of this time for, like, personal projects and Personal shit. reflection? Then, yeah, sure, why not?
1: Catching up on your reading and...
0: <laughs> well, I don't know about reading, but I should. I should really read more. You should. Yeah. I've thought about... Um, reading? <laughs> yes. I've actually thought about going back and reading all the shit that they make you read in high school because I know for like Red a fact well, and... Moby Dick and like kind of the, like the classic shit because mm-hmm. I know for a fact that I didn't pay attention in high school and mm-hmm. and I did everything I could not to read so I feel like maybe I've shortchanged myself okay, in some way so maybe I'll do that is books on tape cheating uh, like Audible? I don't know maybe <laughs> because the last book I quote unquote read I actually listened to so I don't know if that counts or not
1: that does not count
0: okay so I physically have to read the words with my eyeballs yes you're killing me bro hey okay fine be that way alright you got anything else for this week Nope. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email and info at com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. this is John. Have a good week.
1: (laughs) Bye-bye.